Seven Reasons Why a Man Suddenly Commits. Hey, I'm Antje Boyd, magnetizing man expert and married to my incredible husband Brody for almost nine years. So let's go ahead and dive right into the seven reasons that make a man suddenly commit to you. Number seven, and this is actually based on a true story uh, in, of my own journey from January of 2013, and that is break up with your old self. So here's what happened. So I had again, and by the way, this was five months before I met my incredible husband Brody. So just kind of side note, you know what I mean? Maybe important to know. So, um, so I had attracted this man into my life, like many men that I had attracted before. And what would happen is I would have those texting conversations and, but they would never set up a date. Okay. Anyone relate to that? Leave a comment in the chat, right? Um, and so what then happened is, you know, I just kind of like hung on every word, right? Like, oh, okay. Oh, you are in Walnut Creek because I lived in Walnut Creek at the time. Oh, like I'm more, you know what I mean? Like maybe you can meet, you know what I mean? So it was constantly like this, like, you know, trying to make something happen, you know, pulling teeth. And there was never commitment. I was never like, let's meet at this, let's meet here at 9 p.m. I'm super excited to see you. Anything like this, right? So again, it was Sunday morning. And I had just woken up. It was maybe 8 or 9 a.m., right? And, you know, again, I didn't, I didn't, oh, no, what it was, was like, I was supposed to meet this guy on Saturday night, right? And then he said, you know, you know, his hamster ate his phone, basically, you know, nutshell. And I just was like, you know what? Hold on a second. I'm just so sick and tired of waiting. I just realized, like, waiting. This old part of me was so used to waiting because I was waiting for my dad to turn around and to follow through on his promises that he had made to me. You know, had made to me, for example, that we would move to another city where I could study French, also in geography and in, um, I think it was history. And, you know, many other promises, right? Like vacations, things like that. They never fall through. And so then what I ended up projecting is, of course, this like never following through, always, you know, always wanting it, always expecting it. I projected that onto men that I attracted into my life. And then, of course, that didn't follow through because that was my old love pattern. That was my love blueprint. And so I realized I'm like, I broke up with my old self. I'm like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm never going to wait for a man again. And I know I'm, I'm like done. I'm like, I don't care what happened with my, with my dad. You know what I mean? Like he's never going to turn around. And so there was this like really like letting go, breaking up. And I actually put on the song by Taylor Swift. We will never get back together, right? Like we We'll never, never, never getting back together. And then the reason why I mentioned this in this video is because, of course, lo and behold, as you could imagine, um, you know, when I really let this guy go, like he, of course, appeared and out of the sun wanted to commit, wanted to out of the sun see me and all of these things, right? And then I was like, really just, that's the thing. When you're done, you're done. So even though he was interested and even though he made real plans, I was not interested anymore. Number six is the alignment effect. And so what I mean by that is, so we have different parts inside of us. And so what we do is when we get anxious and we want to attract the man and we kind of want to tell him what he, what he's here, what he, what we think he's, he needs to hear or get the approval, get the love that we give our power away. Now in that moment, 
we go out of alignment. Now, why is that? Because, so we have different energies inside of ourselves, right? Also known as archetypes. Now, those archetypes are the queen, the little girl, and so on, the lover, the wild woman, and so on. So what happens is, when you actually start to give your power away, you start to neglect some of these archetypes. So for example, let's say you were excited, you were always hanging out with your girlfriends, like let's say on Friday night, you had like cocktail hour or something like that. But now, and that was like so amazing for the little girl, right? Because it was like, yuppie, you know what I mean? Girl time and, and super fun, just like light and feel connected and all the things. Now, you're no longer meeting for a cocktail on Friday night, for example, with your girlfriends, because now you're meeting with your man. And that's just something where the little girl now gets a little neglected, right? Um, or out of the sudden, you give your power away because actually you're like a total badass in what you do at work, but somehow you're dimming your light on dates, trying to come off as like stupid or like dumber or whatever the case may be because you don't want to intimidate the man or whatever the case may be, something along those lines, Again, you're totally going out of balance, out of alignment. So when you come back into alignment, you become magnetic. And I've seen this over and over again. I've seen this with one of my clients, Linda, when she came into alignment, she stepped into her queen. This guy who was actually non-committal, totally committed to her. I'm not even kidding you. He said he's never going to get married again. And he proposed marriage to her. So that's what I mean, right? Because when you come into alignment, when you balance your archetypes, that's exactly what happens. And I'll tell you a little bit more at the end of the video how exactly to do that. Now, number five is trust motivated. And what that means is when you are anxious, you're actually coming from a place of fear. And you're coming from a place of lack of trust. Right? You're actually not trusting the man to follow through. If you were to trust the man to follow through, you would actually not be anxious. I know this is so counter counterintuitive, is it? You, because like, think about it, right? Like you wouldn't prepare for disappointment if you knew that your man is here to support you, to catch you, to cherish you, right? So you make actually like decisions that come from a place of fear versus from a place of trust. Now, when you come from a place of fear, what do you do? You push the man further away and he will not commit to you. Fear is extremely repelling and he actually may feel fear. That's how my husband explained it at least. If you hadn't a man a resume, an emotional resume of fear, then he starts to feel fear. Now, he may not know why he feels that fear, but he just starts to feel fear. And so when we feel fear, we shut down, right? We retract. We go into fight or flight. We're going into survival mode. But what we're not going to do is like trust, open up, connect, right? Um, all of that, we're not going to do that. We're not going to take an emotional risk in that moment. So by when you shift, and you come from a place of trust. So true story, uh, 2009, that was four years before my, met my husband Brody, I was talking to this guy online. Now, he lived in Chicago, I lived in LA, and you know what I mean? You meet him online, you fall in love, right? You think you know this guy, but obviously I didn't know him at all. You know what I mean? And so what happened was one night I started to have a panic attack. Why? Well, because I realized three days had gone by without him reaching out to me, without emailing him, me, texting me, or calling me. I mean, this was just crazy making, right? And I said, I can't live like this. This is insane. So what I ended up doing is I realized, what do I really need? And I was like, what I really need is trust. But if there's like a tattoo that I would put on me, like just any tattoo, it would be trust, right? Because when you trust yourself, you trust others, 
you trust God, you're good, you're good, you know what I mean? Um, and that's actually what happens when we become anxious, we lose trust. For example, when you get, when you get sleep trained, you actually lose trust. You're no longer trusting your parents, right? You learn that you're on your own, okay? This may be hitting you hard right now um, hearing that, right? So now, trust motivated. So what did I do? No, I get a little obsessive because remember, we have obsessive thoughts when we get anxious. So I had to be just as counter-obsessive. So I wrote 134 times, I trust. Now I need to bring my journal to show you this page. 134 times, I trust. And I also wrote it on pieces of paper and I put it on my wall, all over, left, right, next to my door, next to my window, everywhere. So I was almost like getting obsessed because I needed to channel that obsession of anxiety into an obsession towards trust because the obsession energy is still going to be there. But what are you going to do with it, right? You can't go crazy. You can't visualize scenarios, potentials, future visions that are most likely are not going to come true and lead to further disappointment. You have to do something conducive. So trust, you know, and of course, when that happened, he reached out, you know what I mean? And so on. So it's always the same story. You know, when you finally trust, it's love. Trust is love and love is extremely attractive. Number four is the release attachment phenomenon. Now, another important lesson that I learned on my journey and that I've already teach my women on their journey as well is to release their attachment to a man. So if someone is really attached to especially their exes when they join my program, right, we're going through the release attachment exercise. Now, we, you could say, am I really releasing him? Is he never going to come back? No, it doesn't work that way. It's not like God is like, oh, okay, so you released him. So that means you no longer want a relationship. It doesn't work that way. It just means, again, this fearful relationship attachment and this anxiety piece is coming from a place of fear and it's repelling. So you want to release the attachment to him and then he can actually come back to you. Because one thing I always say, if it's meant to be, it will come back to me. But you don't know if it's meant to be because you're holding on so tight because that's the logic of a little girl. She holds on so tight because she doesn't know when she sees her parents again, right? Maybe especially if you have gone through abandonment, you know, especially, and again, it starts with like, like with sleep training, you know what I mean? I'm just like, so I'm a, very, a true advocate, advocate about this, by the way, in case you can't tell. But so... Release attachment phenomenon, releasing the attachment to the man, right? Visualize him floating away and then really trusting, see how this all weaves together today, for him to come back. And if not, for someone else to fill in the void, the vacuum that it has created by you letting go. And this is truly true. This is true. Like when I release, I attract something even greater into my life. And also, because you know what happens is when you hold on, you're sending out energy. So you're in a very dynamic energy. So then it's going to be really hard for you to bring something in because you have to be actually magnetic. You have to be the opposite of dynamic. You have to be the opposite of masculine, feminine, magnetic, right? And so you can do both at the same time. So when you release, guess what? You actually are in the magnetic stage now. You're actually in the feminine now. And now the men, and this is what my women report all the time, out of the sudden they come, quote unquote, and this is what comes from the women, come out of the woodworks. Where have those guys been hiding? Well, the truth is, where have you been hiding? Behind your attachment 
to a certain man. Now, I've also seen men like completely turn around after they really were released. And um, yeah, you really like, you really trust that if it's meant to be, it will happen. Now, number three, this is really interesting. If you had an emotionally unavailable dad, if you had an emotionally unavailable, you know, if you had a narcissistic dad, you know, if you had an abusive dad, the forgiving men method. So men can sense when you still have resentment towards them. So just picture this for a moment. Just entertain me. Imagine you're meeting a man and he wants to date you, but he actually hates women right? Like he actually resents women, right? He's like, oh my gosh, it's so nice to meet you, um, Beverly. Um, but I already can't stand you. You know what I mean? I, I, I already resent you. I already despite you. You know what I mean? I can't wait for you to disappoint me. How excited would you be to go close to that energy? I, my guess is like probably not that much, right? I mean, I mean, I mean, we're like, be honest with each other. <laughs> probably not that much. I mean, I don't know about you, but I certainly wouldn't. And you know, it's interesting. I was actually dating a guy, it was like, also like 2010 or so. Um, and he was just, I could tell he had like this true resentment towards women. And I could tell his facial expressions and like how he's talking about women and how upset he got about things. And it was really repelling and off-putting to me. And the same is true the other way around. So when men can sense that you're resenting um, men, even if you like talk bad about your dad, talk bad about your brother, talk bad about your male coworker and so on, right? There is sort of like this unconscious um, connection that men have with each other. And they can sense like, oh, okay, like she doesn't like men, right? So, you know, um, she wants to have a boyfriend, but she actually doesn't like men. So one thing that my husband told me when we got married, he's like, you know what I love about you? The most is like, you know, just only loving me, but you're liking me. So when you forgive men, it is absolutely healing, incredible. And that can sometimes mean forgiving that they have a wild man, that they have sexual desires, right? That they have an animal instinct, whatever it is, whatever you project onto men, that's the invitation to actually hand that over and forgive men, right? And, uh, you know, if you meet men who are, for example, focused on themselves, not necessarily narcissistic, but maybe you had a narcissistic dad, maybe you want to forgive, you know, you want to forgive men for judging them as being narcissistic because maybe not all of them are narcissistic. Some are just connected to their purpose, which leads me to point number two, purpose over partner approach. This is very interesting. Now, when you meet a quality, congruent, aligned man, and before he commits, one thing he asks himself is if, does she really mean me? Now, one way how he sees if you really mean him or if you just want to fill the void or fill in the gap, meaning you see him as the source of your happiness is by seeing, are you actually connected to your own purpose? Do you have your own life? Are you in the zone, right? Are you connected to God? Are you like, what is happening? And so it's truly important that you're connected to your purpose. And that makes a man trust you so much more and also makes him feel like, yes, you come from a place of choice. You don't need him. Right? You don't need him. You can't love someone that you need, by the way. It's just like not possible, right? Because you can you don't come from a place of choice. So he needs to make sure, okay, is she like, does she have other parts of her pie in order? 
And part of it is the purpose. Now, he is also part of the purpose as well. So if you're not clear on your purpose, then are you becoming his purpose? Is he becoming your purpose? And he doesn't want to become your purpose. He wants to have you, he wants you to have your own purpose. And you know why? It's because it creates this incredible tension. It's, it creates this incredible electromagnetic field between the two of you, where, where both have like a frame that they're holding and it's exciting and it's dynamic and it's magnetic and it's, it, it's all the things, right? You're constantly creating the sort of interdependent relationship with each other. So he knows you have your own thing. You have your individual identity, not just the couple identity. Because what happens is if you just have the couple identity, you're actually going to stagnate. You're going to hit a plateau. And nobody wants that because that's when they say, you know, it got boring. We didn't grow anymore. It's just like nothing wrong with the guy, right? It's just like kind of, we just kind of grew apart, right? Why is that? Why? Because you didn't really have a purpose. You're really stepping into your purpose. You're really owning your power. And so that's not really exciting. But when you step into that, a man is really going to commit to you because he's like, I want to be part of that party. That is amazing. I'm so excited. I can't wait to hear about this when she comes home from work. And and we're sharing our purposes with each other and support each other. And it's like, again, highly dynamic, bouncing off each other's energy. And it's just never-ending growth and fun. Now, finally, number one is the bachelorette effect. Now, funny story. Uh, when I was after, I, you know, what was about, you know, I met my husband in June uh, 2013. And then sort of like, um, you know, I was like seeing other guys, right? Because, you know, it's Hawaii, first of all. I mean, you don't believe that you meet your husband in Hawaii. Even though my husband told me the first night we met that I'm the girl of his story, right? But I'm like, you know, whatever, you know what I mean? Lots of words. And remember, I had a dad who said a lot of things when the day is long and didn't follow through. You know, I was also dating guys who told me I was the always expected, uh, never, you know, never expect a miracle, always wanted, never expect a miracle, things like that. So I would hear this stuff all the time. So when he told me I'm the girl of his story, sure, I'd never heard it that way before. And it was very grounded and it was different, but I'm like, yeah, no, whatever. You know what I mean? Um, We'll see what happens. So come one night where we again at the same workshop. And it's kind of funny because when you meet your man, you you guys are just orbiting around each other. It's like planets. It's crazy. You can't get rid of each other, you know? And for some reason, we ended up in this like same workshop. Again, you know what I mean? It was like a Course in Miracles workshop. Um, and uh, I got picked up by this guy that I was seeing at the time. And so, but I didn't, of course, want to, you know, my, my husband to feel bad. Um, at the time, so I was like, you know, oh, my friend is um, downstairs. I got to leave now. So then the next day, uh, my husband, not now my husband, obviously, back then, the guy I was dating, um, he asked, like, so who was this, quote, unquote, friend that you hung out with that picked you up yesterday, right? And did you stay overnight? And he asked all those questions. And I said, oh, hold on a second. You do know I'm, I'm seeing other guys, right? Like, I, obviously, I mean, it's Hawaii, having fun. You know what I mean? It's summer. You know what I mean? Um, and there's this bachelorette effect. Wait, wait a minute. You're... You're desired by other men. Like, what is happening? And immediately, he said, well, I'm not seeing anyone else. And I said, why, why not? And he said, well, I need to look into my heart. And then he looked into his heart. That was Saturday. And then he came back on Sunday and he said, I looked into my heart and I have feelings of love for you. And that's when he fully committed, dropped everything. I dropped everything. And from that point on, we were exclusive, right? But it wasn't until he actually heard me say, 
oh, you're seeing other guys. Oh, wow. Because that created like such a container. Like he had to take some action. He had to make a decision. He could no longer postpone because who knows? Maybe someone else is taking me off the market. And he certainly didn't want to risk that. Now, if you stayed until the very end, here is one of the best secrets, which is his parts came into harmony. What can happen is when you meet a man who doesn't really know, who kind of treads his feet, it's like kind of hot and cold, in and out, up and down, it's because he has a conflict inside of himself. See, there's a part inside of him, this is the dismissive avoidant attachment style for the most part, right? or the fearful, um, the fearful avoidant, is there's this part inside of him that wants to have the relationship, but then there's this other part that's absolutely terrified. So what I want you to imagine is for dismissive avoidant attachment style, what happens is the closer they get to someone, the higher their fight or flight kicks in, right? The higher the sympathetic nervous system arousal is, like it responds, it fires like crazy. So when they feel it, they back off, right? Because it gets way too intense. That's why I call it like the ring of fire that the men have to break through, you know what I mean? Um, and so for us, for anxious, it's the other way around, right? They get like, if they get abandoned, they go into fight or flight, um, so they're fired after a sympathetic nervous system response. So when the man finally commits, it can easily be that actually he brought both parts together, that somehow he find he found a compromise between the part that wants to have the relationship and the part that's scared of that intimacy, that relationship. Somehow he made a deal with himself, inside of himself. Maybe he worked with a coach, a mentor, um, a counselor, who knows, maybe talk to a friend, maybe he had a breakthrough conversation with a male figure that he looks up to. Could be a million different things. Could be God too. He could have been really been delivered, healed, all the things. Like we have no idea. But out of the sudden, his part's in harmony. He's like, yes, I have this part that's afraid, but I'm just like, I'm just ready. I'm just ready to have the family. I'm ready to commit. I'm ready to have this with you. You are the one for me. So that's something to um, keep in mind. Now, if you don't know how to attract the right man for you or what to do when he simply won't commit, then take my free love pattern quiz at getlovequiz.com or simply click the link in the description or comments below. And until then, I see you next time. Bye-bye.